to do today. Okay, so we're at the bottom of 104b, and Kuf Dalit Ahmed Bays, and um, we've been talking about the fifth. Uh, not taking the fifth, but paying the fifth. When a person lies, he's got to, uh, and he's caught in his lie, uh, a robber, he's got to, in other words, uh, he was accused of stealing, and he said, who, me? And uh, he swore falsely, so he's got to pay the fifth. So we got into a case where the person died, and his son inherited the estate, and the question was, does he also, and the estate has this, has to give back the stolen item, does the estate also have to pay the fifth? And that was really the uh, question of the Gemara that we started. And um, we dealt with some interesting cases. At first, it sounded like the son also was denying that they had the, uh, had the stolen item. And he also swore falsely. Uh, and so then we were wondering if the son is going to pay the fifth because he swore that he didn't inherit any stolen items. Uh, and then he looked around, and guess what? It was there. So, um, uh, so that was kind of the case that we were dealing with. There were a few different scenarios. One was where the father swore, and he didn't. One was where he and the father swore. Uh, they were, we were looking at some different scenarios over there. So we're going to start six lines from the bottom. So, Ella, my lohodu. Good morning, Richard. So what does it mean that he did not admit that he stole it? Now, obviously, if you don't admit uh, that it's stolen, then you wouldn't be paying it or the fifth. So what's this idea here? How could that be a case where he didn't admit it? So the more explains, Lohodu Aviv, but the father was alive. He didn't say anything about stealing. He never admitted he stole it. But the kid finds it and it has someone else's name on it. You know, he finds someone else's missing thing amongst his father's possessions, Lohodu Beno. And so that was the case. I, the Mora says, the, uh, but then the son had lied also. He swore that he didn't have it. So shouldn't he pay the fifth for that? So the Mora said, where the stolen item isn't here. If you pay the stolen item, you add the fifth. So the Mora said, if you don't have the stolen item, uh, the son only has to pay if he has it, uh, if it's here. But if it's, if it's gone, he doesn't have to give it back. So the more said, Losrika diikach rais. No, there's a lien on the estate. The um, basically, the uh, he's obligated to pay his father's stolen item, even if it's not here anymore. Let's see the Rashi on that. It's less Rashi on the page. Losrika diikach rais nechasim. There is a lien, so to speak, on the property. As long as the father left uh, property, which is karka, the kids are obligated to return the stolen item. Because it just looks bad that they've got the father's stolen stuff. Uh, or even if you don't have it, it, it creates a lien. So the Gemara says, uh, Even if you want to say there's like a lien on the father's estate to pay this back, it's not written anywhere. It's not like he stole it and then it gets registered that he has stolen property and owes the money. It's not an official lien. The most it could be is like a loan, like the father owed this. Typically, the kids wouldn't have to pay something like that. 
So why is it that the kids are paying this stolen debt? As we get ready for today's page, Amri, the case is Kisha Ahmad Vidin. Now, the father was prosecuted in court. It was the father was accused of theft, and then they brought witnesses that he stole it. And so at that point, it became uh, a lien on the property. And so when the father dies and the kids inherit it, there's a real lien because Basedin confirmed that the, that the father had stolen it. So if the courts caught him and caught the father lying, why isn't the, the courts would have added the fifth? The reason why, uh, since the original item isn't here, uh, so, you know, the item that was stolen is not here anymore. All, what you have is the fact that it created a lien. Somebody steals something and then he uh, makes it disappear. That doesn't mean that he doesn't have to return the theft. It turns into uh, um, like a lien on his property. So the rule typically is when you swear, uh, if you swear, you know, you stole my sheep and you swear I didn't and he has the sheep, so then you got to pay the fifth. But if you swear you stole my sheep and there's no more sheep and uh, he swore he didn't, so it comes out he's swearing to deny that he, um, that he has a lien to pay back money. So when you swear on land, you don't typically pay the fifth. Rava, that's answer number one. He has a different answer. Rava says, How my skin in the case is, Kigon Shaisa, the Sikya Shel Abi Mukharis Biarakarim. The father had a, um, a safe deposit box somewhere. <laughs> that's, that's the equivalent of that. Uh, he had a Desakya, he had like a, a bag of coins uh, in the hands of others. So, and in those coins was something stolen. So, Karim was Shalom de Issa. He's going to have to add the fifth. When the, the, he swore, I didn't have the stolen item, the, the son really didn't know that this, this uh, safe deposit box had that money in it. So uh, that's why he doesn't add the fifth. So again, uh, this was a complex case where an heir inherited uh, part of his estate was to pay back his father's theft. And our question was why he wasn't paying back the, uh, the fifth. And so it got a little complicated. We were trying to figure out, did he, did he swear? Did his father swear? Was it the item is still there and it was just a lien? Or was it in some safe deposit box somewhere? So that's the Gemara was looking at just the right case to explain why the kid doesn't pay the fifth. Okay, moving on. So then we said it, the item has to be returned even if the guy is the other side of the world. It has to be as long that one condition was that it has the value of a Sheva Pruta. It has to be least worth a Pruta of theft that hasn't been returned. Less than a Sheva Pruta, we say people are typically are moichol, they, they forgive. Uh, a Pruta is, is uh, usually the smallest coin. It's, uh, today it's like a nickel. Um, not even sure, can you buy something for a nickel? Yeah, pardon me, can I have a nickel for a coffee? How does that go? Uh, today, it's maybe a quarter. I, I don't know, what is the cheapest gumball like? You know, used to be gumball was for a penny. It was, but a, nickel, it was a nickel to buy a pickle. Oh, is that it? A nickel for a pickle, okay. Yeah, so uh, today, well, how much would they charge for a pickle? I'm sure it's more than a nickel. But it's, what? It's, so whatever that is, so the minimum currency, that, that a Sheva Pruta has to be enough money to buy something. 
So less than that, you're not obligated. So now we're going to look at that halacha. So Omer Papa, Lo Shanu, that's only true. If what was stolen isn't here. But if he's got that half a pickle, half a nickel, and the, if it's still here, uh, he will have to return it even though it's worth less than, the, than a few cents. Why? Well, price is very, you know, you, I'm sure somewhere it's expensive to buy that item. You know, maybe it'll be worth more. So, we, he stole it, he has to return it, and we're saying, well, if it's less than a Sheva Pruti, he doesn't have to, but if, if it's still here, he does have to. That's answer number one, because maybe it is worth a Pruta somewhere. He could Yamri here, some people say, Revelation, it doesn't matter if it's here or it's not here. He doesn't need to go after it. That uh, maybe it'll be worth more that we don't have to suspect such a thing, that the price will change. Bottom line is, according to the second view, if it's not a Sheva Pruta, he's, he, he, the robber's off the hook. Omer Rava, new thing. Gozo shalosh agudosh b'shalosh prutos. He stole three bundles of, uh, you name what's in the bundle, uh, not software, three bundles of, uh, of, uh, of herbs or something. And each bundle was worth a pruta. V'huzlu, and the price went down. Now, it's not worth three prutas, it's only worth two prutas. So each one is worth like three quarters of a pruta now, <laughs> each bundle. So what about if he gave back two out of three? And so now the third bundle is worth less than a shev pruta. So uh, he's still got to give back uh, the third one, even though... In theory, it's not a Sheva Pruta, Rashi, Chayv Lahaxalo, right in the middle of the page. Chayv Lahaxalo, a good Acheres, the third bundle. Afapita, Ashta, Lo Sheva Pruta, it's not a Pruta. Kivin the Bishak Zela, when he stole it, it was a Pruta. Boy, La Dure, Lo Lichachrof. So he's going to have to travel halfway around the world for this branch. You know, the, even, though, uh, even though now it's worth even less than a Pruta. When he stole it, it was worth a Pruta. The obligation to return goes by the time of the theft. When he stole it, it was worth a pruta. So now, if he wants to make the uh, fix it, he's got He's got He's going to have a lot of traveling to do. Uh, let's bring a proof to that. And again, it's a big kiddush. We're, we're, our Mishnah said, if it's less than a pruta, you don't have to do it. And we're saying, well, as long as it was a pruta originally, you do got to do it. What's the proof to that? The Tani Tuna. I'll bring you a proof uh, from the from a brayster. Tani Tuna Gezel Chametz. Let's say he stole Chametz Rovelava Pesach. And Pesach travel passes by, and that makes the chametz worthless. So uh, he still needs to return what he stole, so he can say Hari Shochal He can he can give the chametz back after Pesach and say, "Here you go, <laughs> thanks, but no thanks. It's not gonna, it's not worth very much." But he can return what he took. Taimad is the The reason he can give it back is because it's here. Halase benayu. Uh, if it wasn't here, even though now it's not worth anything. I mean, what's Chametz worth after Pesach? But when he stole it, it was worth something. He has to pay. So, here also, you see from there, even though now this branch is not worth a Pruta, you do got to pay. So, 
we go, if when it was stolen, it was worth a pruta, even though at the time of returning it, it's not, he gets the obligation to return it. And we see it from the Chometz, even though the, he steals a box of Oreos that's worth a Sheva pruta, and after Pesach, it becomes forbidden, it's not worth anything. But it doesn't matter that it's not worth anything now, since when it was stolen, it was worth something, he's obligated to return it. So uh, that, uh, that's a pretty good proof to Rava's halacha. Next halacha. Boy Rava. Rava's in the boy mood. What about if he steals two bundles and each one is worth half a pruta? So he steals two bundles with a pruta, and he gave one back. So now he just has one bundle left. I don't have anything stolen of significance. Whatever I have, it's less than a pruta. You didn't give back everything you had. So do you say what I have is just a few pennies? It's worth it. I basically returned it. He basically returned what he stole. So Hadar Pashta, he threw out the question and then he resolved it. Gzela ain Khan, Hashava ain Khan. If he doesn't have something stolen, then he doesn't have what to return. Um, so uh, since he has something that's stolen, he does have to return it. The, the wording here is a little confusing, but that's uh, that's what it means. So the more I... Right, right. I can keep this it's, much. It's terrible. Yeah, that's right. I mean, for this poor person, okay, it's a shallow pruta or it's less than a pruta, that, that's his, and that's what he needs. So the, the, the robber is getting off scot-free. Well, he, of course, he, he's not gonna, he won't get a front seat in Shemayim, of course, but... Uh, he, he returned, he returned half, he returned one bundle, right? He gave back less than a, uh, basically he Richard said, to. we said, he just, we said he doesn't have to return. No, no, he did. He, because he gave back one bundle. He gave back one so that he's putter and giving back the other. Right, that's right. What happened. But, but that's that same, we, there's a common thread through this, Richard, where the, the owner is minding his own business, but he, he doesn't get made whole. Because because this is a classic case. It's it's that common thing we've all been going through. I don't understand. We, right, I don't understand right. That either. The, the owner didn't get back what was taken from him. Right. So the thing is, the Gemara itself is going to ask on the words "Igzela in Khan, If the, he doesn't have anything stolen, what's there to return? So the Hachikomar says what it means is "Alpha Pish Gzela in Khan, Even though he doesn't have anything of worth of pruta, he still in Khan um, in Khan mitzvah shava. Um, right, mitzvah, um, so right. yeah. it, it's actually a question. Shouldn't there be a mitzvah sashava? Shouldn't he have to give back this other bundle? Um, regardless of, regardless of it, yeah. So, the that that's the way, uh, that's what one way to learn this, um, uh, read this Gemara. So, so Rabbi Stein, yeah. So if he stole from three different people only less than Sheva Pruta items, is there a gazela or not gazela? <laughs> Did he really steal? <laughs> right. If you say that it's like the guy that, um, you know, that, that uh, eats a grape from each of the fruit vendors or whatever, he steals the... Um, I, the you're, I guess what you're asking is if you steal less than a Sheva Pruta, is that called stealing? 
is it stealing, but you can't be prosecuted, or is it not even called stealing because the owner forgives? Is that kind of what you're asking, or? Well, so so how do they look at that in Shemayim? They say, oh, look downstairs. He has one and a third uh, proofs of st- stolen property, so he's got. He has to return them. Different uh, different owners are not going to add together. If he steals half a pruta from one and half a pruta from the other, he doesn't turn into a ganif because on his record as a whole, he stole more than a pruta. I guess because it goes by the person. That's what I was asking. But but uh, it's kind of what Richard was saying. The sodomites that were accused of doing that, they, uh, they, they would, as long as they couldn't be prosecuted, they would do what was wrong and say, well, you can't get, you know, that's uh, okay. So what's the proof to this? Omarava, he's going to say something similar here. The issue is that there's a certain minimum level of tolerance, and that over here it's Sheva Pruta. Is there another area of halacha where we have something similar? So he says there is. Hari Omer, Nazar Shigaleach, the Nazar uh, has to shave. He has to, after, he has to cut off all that big, beautiful hair at the end of his Naziris, and he's got to cut it all off. Now, what happens if he misses a hair or two? So uh, as long as he did, left a total of two hairs, lo asavaloklum, he didn't he didn't shave. It's shaving means you remove it all. Uh, if you only left one, that's called removing it all. But if you left two, uh, then he's um, he's not uh, he didn't shave. Boy, Rava, Rava had the following question: achas. What happens if he left two, and then he? Cut off one, and he left one. So does that? Um, uh, let's see. Rashi, Omale Ravacha Vino Nazar Shagilach, a Nazar that shaved. Kol Saros, he shaved all of his hairs one by one. Can boile but me? It's a question. Klomer, Hi Vadi Galua. I mean, isn't it a shave? Kiyin de Bishasha Bo But every time he wanted to cut his hair, he left something. Shir Giluach, he still left two hairs. The Giluach Achas, and he left one, Afopich and Nishra Shnia, but once he's down to one, so wouldn't that be considered like he, he, he finished? In other words, if he, um, as long, even if he left one, but if he got below the level of tolerance, what everybody, one, if, if he leaves one hair, it's still considered a shave. So would that be good? The question is if he did it one by one. Where one was left, and then he did, uh, he then he cut it. When he does do the he he does the final one, there's less than a sheer giluach. Because originally he left two. And now that he cuts it, he's not cutting two. Basically, he cut everything and he left two. So that's not called a haircut. And then when he does one, cutting one hair is not a haircut either. So does he get the mitzvah of shaving it off? So how to posture? Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but just to point this out, the way that it's brought down over here, it's not that he forgotten one, it's the nashra, which means it fell out on its own. So oh. the two hairs were left. One he cut, and the other one he didn't cut because it fell out on its own. I see. Thank you. Um, so since it fell on, on his own, it didn't happen because of his shaving. 
it just happened to fall out. But the bottom line was that his initial haircut uh, left hair, so that wasn't a shaving. Shaving means cut it all off. He didn't cut it all off. And his second haircut, there was only one. So that's the question So th- that he threw out. So did he do them, in the end of the day, did he do the mitzvah of, of cutting it all off? So Hadar Pashtas share in kan giluach kan. He says if he has no hair, he has no... Uh, and, and the second haircut didn't do it. So Moore said, Yisirin kan giluach yeshkan. How could he get? How could that be considered the mitzvah? So Moore said, Hakom afapish yisirin kan. Even though he doesn't have any hair left, mitzvah giluach kan. Are you going to tell me he doesn't have a uh, a mitzvah to cut it off? And we're really dealing with the same question of the half a half a pruta to return. Uh, there was a, there there is you're you're under the level of tolerance for the mitzvah. It does it still apply? Yeah, I mean, it, it seems to me that it's a question of of what's important here. Is it important for him to perform an act, or is it important for him to be hairless at the end of that act? So the way the public says it, he has to cut his hair. He must perform an act, right? Mm-hmm. So, so that therefore they set up a case where he did not perform the final act. He didn't. He didn't make. He didn't render himself bald. He became bald. I mean, it's the same mm. thing is true. Like that's a guy who has no hair. Um, suppose you know there 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 people have alo- have um, oh gosh uh, alopecia uh, whatever the yeah that's right it's, it's an autoimmune disease and they lose all of their hair then how can he pre- if if he's uh, you know how can he then perform the mitzvah. Of, of reversing mm. his Nadiris. Right. So he, here also, the, the robber that stole and owes less than a Sheva Pruta to give back, it's a similar question. Does he still have a mitzvah yeah. to, to return something yeah. or not? Um, sometimes. I would, I would just point out that a lot of people talk, talk about Talmudic reasoning as splitting hairs. So <laughs> <laughs> this isn't splitting. This is splitting hair. Very good. Very good, Dr. Yaffe. This. I don't know where that expression comes from, the splitting hairs. Well, Marava, third question in a similar vein. All right, so this has to do with the, the laws of Tuma. Uh, the rule is that uh, if a person has a, um, uh, a skylight and uh, there's Tuma on the second floor and the only way to get down is through the skylight or through the hole in the second floor, and he's got that hole blocked with barrels. And those barrels are seal barrels. That would keep the Tumah from coming down. So what about this barrel has a hole in it? If the barrel had a hole in it, but the, the hole, the Stamusharim, was sealed with the dregs. So Hitziluha. The rule is the dreg seal would be considered that the barrel was, uh, was still whole. Um, Rashi. Uh, a barrel got a hole and it was sealed with the drakes. But now Piaruba, and then you put it in the skylight. And um, the uh, uh, it's like sealed. But because you've sealed off the second floor with this barrel, it keeps the tumma from going to the second floor. The steamer shmarim steamahi. The fact that the barrel is sealed with the dregs, that works. Below shelter beitumba, Mesectus came. So it's a Gemara over there that if, as long as it's a, a whole barrel, there's no hole in it, uh, even though it, there is a hole, but the dregs fill in the hole, that's good enough to keep the tumba. Boy, Rabbi, Rabbi, is the question. Agav chetzia mahu. 
What about if only half the hole is sealed? So you got half a hole. So Amr le Rav Yemer le Rashi lav Mishir Seinu isn't a Mishnah. It's not Chavish Nik Musamusharim. If a barrel has a hole in its seal, with drags it's ilu Pacha Bismara. What about instead of drags, you stick a branch in? Ad shetimrach, and it's uh, it doesn't fully seal it. But hayabo shtayim ad shetimrach minitza. If you have two branches, then it would seal. Bein zmur lechavrita. But what about the space in between one branch and the other? You've got this hole in the barrel that I guess food could drop out. But you put some branches in to keep it. So time the mark. So as long as you put sealant in between the branches, then that seals off the container. How low mark if you didn't low? But why would that not be good? To haviki agav chetzia. Shouldn't you look at it like it's half a hole because it's got a branch in it? So is, as a, again, a barrel with a hole would convey the impurity. A barrel without a hole wouldn't convey the impurity. What about if you've got a hole but you got a branch stuck in it? So isn't it like half a hole? So Amri Haki Hashta, how do you compare it? Hasami Lo Marach Lo Koy Agaf Chetzia. If you didn't, uh, if you didn't put the um, the tar or whatever to seal off the barrel, it it wouldn't stay. The branch wouldn't stay in there. It wouldn't have any permanence to it. Lo Koy, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, it wouldn't stay sealed. Whereas the branch Agaf Chetzia needed a Koy Koy. At least that branch will stay in there. So. Uh, it's a um, the question whether that case in the laws of it's really a question in the laws of Tumo whether something is a sealant whether that case would be considered half a sealant or not is it a good comparison? The Omar Rava Rava threw out another case. Somebody steals chametz and pasuk passes and then he returns it after pasuk. Thanks a lot. You can have it. Boy Rava Rava had the following question. What happens if the guy said, you stole my Oreos? And he says, no, I didn't. So, and what, and then uh, uh, the Oreos now are worthless because it's after Pesach. Me, I'm reading Kivin de Migna Mamona If you steal something, you got to pay. And if you lie about it, you're denying money. Or Dilma Hashtu Mioa Manakvafur Bialmahu. Right now, the, the chametz is like dirt. It's like ashes. It's, it's worth nothing. So he's not denying anything. Guy says, you owe me a, a case of Oreos. You owe me $100 worth of Oreos. He says, I swear I don't owe you a penny. It's true. He doesn't owe him a penny. <laughs> but did he, he swore I didn't take your Oreos. Well, the Oreos that I have are forbidden to benefit from. So that's really the question, um, whether that's considered a denial. To Eboile the Rava, Pshita, this question that Rava had is simple like Rabbah. To Omar Rabbah, Shor Shiganafti. Someone said, You stole my ox. Who Omar Loganafti? I didn't steal your ox. I haven't seen it. And then the guy says, Well, uh, what is the Mativo Etzlacha? How come I, how come I, I have witnesses that uh, it's sitting in your herd? What do you mean that you didn't steal my ox? How, can you, how dare you say that? I, I have witnesses that you got it. What's it doing in your barn? So he says, Shomachino, I love. It's true I didn't steal it. Um, I, was, uh, I was watching it for you. So um, now, even though he is admitting that the, he swore that I was watching it for you. So even though he's going to have to give it back, 
he's still exempting himself from something, which is that if something happens to it, since he's saying, I was doing you a favor and watching it, a uh, big favor this guy did. He, he, first he says, I don't even have your animal. Then he swears that, uh, well, I was watching it. But So he's still liable, because he's swearing that he, instead of saying, I stole it, he's saying, well, I was just watching it. What about if he says, if he says, well, I was being paid to watch it. So he's still because if the animal breaks or it dies, he'll be exempt. If he says, I was borrowing on it, He'll also be chayiv, if he swore he borrowed it, shari patr asma machmas mitzah. The guy said, you know, you stole my ox. He said, no, I did, I just borrowed it. Right? I've heard that one before, right? That's the, uh, well, I just, uh, borrowing it means that I'm not denying, uh, I'm planning, I was planning on giving it back. I just, I just borrowed it. So uh, the bottom line is, in all these cases, when he's lying, he's still exempting himself from certain liability, and that exemption uh, is a false oath. Um, even though uh, he's admitting he owes it, even to e mignev, if it'll be stolen from him, mamonako. Uh, for he's denying that he would have to pay because he's saying that I was legitimate. I had it legitimately. Therefore, I don't have to pay if it's stolen. Hashtanami mamonako. For here also, uh, even though uh, this chametz has no value, it has a value in that if I give it back, I won't have to pay you. Even though it's like dirt, it's considered money. Basically, that since if you gave it back, you'd be exempt. As, as long as um, the question here is the following somebody steals a cow, and then uh, the other guy says, You got my cow? No, I don't. I'll take you to court, make you swear. And then in court, he swears, well, I wasn't really stealing it. I was just borrowing it. I, I was just watching it. And then something happens to the cow. So do we say that he lied about it because he made up a story? He didn't want to admit that he was a thief. He said, I was a borrower. I was a renter. So, But even when he said he was a borrower or renter, he, he was exempting himself if something happened to it. So he, his lie had a monetary difference. So if the lie that he told had a monetary difference to it, that's considered a, um, a, a false oath that deals with money. So here also, where he steals somebody's uh, chametz and um, lies about it, the, even though it has no value, it has a value to him because if he gives it back, he won't have to pay. So Yosef Rav said this over. Ace favor of Amr the Rubber. Rav Amr had a question for him. The Kokushbo, uh, it says that you only pay when you're in full denial, Pratla Moda Baikr, but not when you really basically admit it. Kate said, Shori Shiganafti. Uh, someone said, You stole my ox. I didn't steal it. Matib, what's it doing with you? He says, You sold it to me. Atta, you gave it to me as a gift. Avicha, your dad gave it to me. Avicha, your dad gave it to me as a gift. Um Acha parasi rats me'elav. The he says the um, what you you ran into my cow? What? No, that this ox chased my cow. Oh, I see. That's the other excuse. The dog ate my homework. Right? Okay. Acha parasi rats. Was what are you doing with my? Uh, oh, your ox chased my cow. Uh, it just happened to get there. 
It got lost, and I found it. Oh, I happened to, I was watching it for you. I was borrowing it. Nishba. So again, a person has a number of excuses. He's not admitting that he stole it. So how did it get there? Yeah, I found it. I was lost. I, I don't know. All kinds of excuses. And he swore. And then he admitted he made up the story. So I would have thought that he's got to pay the penalty for denying under oath something of money value. Tamaloma kikushbo prat lamotiv iker. So his question is, don't we see from here that he shouldn't have to pay when he's admitting that it's uh, not his? So he said, oh, you Tadura, you. Omrele Tadura. You're a Tadura. Tadura is not a good thing. Rashi says, Tadura ain't lave. Got no brains. Scatterbrain. Scatterbrain. <laughs> <laughs> ah, you scatterbrain. <laughs> see, uh, you, don't, you don't understand what's going on here. So uh, our question is, again, we said uh, there's a special penalty for lying uh, on a monetary, taking an oath to deny money that's owed. And our question was, well, what if he's not in complete denial? He's not saying I stole it. He's saying I borrowed it or whatever. But he still doesn't have to do with money. But over here we see, <coughs> if you basically admit it, that's not called lying. That's not called lying because you're telling him he can pick it up. When you say, <clears throat> oh, I was watching it for you, and you say you can come pick it up, so then we don't make him, uh, there's no penalty for lying. Well, well, why don't you just admit you stole it? Well, no, I didn't admit I stole it. I just happened to find, you know, whatever story he told, <clears throat> he doesn't have to, uh, he's not considered swearing falsely because he's offering the guy to pick it up. Ki kamina, the case <clears throat> where he's liable is the kind of agam, the the animals out in the swamp. So um, that, that is a big difference there. But the Morris says, well, wait a second. If he said you sold it to me, that doesn't admit anything. My motive I mean, if you sold it to me, then it's, I'm, I'm not, the other cases I found that it was lost, I got to give it back. But if I say you sold it to me, what's going on there? So the Morris says, the cases need to, you sold it to me, I just didn't pay you yet. <laughs> So, um, I, I didn't pay you, but, I, but you sold it to me. You know what? You want your axe back, take it. You know. uh, it's very common, actually, where a robber doesn't want to you know, admit, yeah, I stole it. He's going to say, oh, I, was just, I just borrowed it. I was just holding it. I was just looking at it. <laughs> they do. But he's, he's saying, I, I, I didn't mean to actually take something of yours with and not pay you for it, or not give it back. I was just... So even though it was wrong, and he's technically a robber, but this, we're, 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 this is what he's swearing to. The question is, based on what he's swearing, isn't he giving it back? So that's the question. So, uh, uh, But our question was, if he said he sold it, so then how's that giving it back? So we said, no. He says, uh, um, I didn't, I, uh, you sold it, I just didn't pay you yet. Now if you want, you can take it back. Vizil. Atasatili, you gave it to me. Your father gave it to me. How's that admitting anything? So Your father gave it to me, or you gave it to me, and I was supposed to do something back, but I guess I didn't do it. So you know what? You could have it back. Or your animal got lost and I found it. Lay me, boy, lay So, well, one second. If um, if you found it, why didn't you give it back? So Amravu Rishmu Ba Amr Shwas Aveda Matsasi. 
He said, well, I knew it was lost, but I didn't know who to give it back to. Check zero luck. Uh, so he his he swore I didn't I I found a lost item so why didn't you give it back I didn't know it was yours Tanya Omer Ben Azir Gimel Shvuasin Is this whole Gemara talking about whether or not he's obligated to pay the Chomesh That's what the that's the whole the whole um, is? It'd be an Ashim too Yeah uh, That's the whether it's an oath that's denying money Correct There are ramifications to it Yeah Yeah I think so. So um, this uh, now we're getting into a different territory here uh, because he's claiming that I found a lost object. So now we're trying to know how, how, um, can you make a person swear if they have they claim that they found it and it was lost. So you see a guy has your cow or your sheep, and uh, you think that he stole it, and he say, he's so he says no, I just found it. So can you make him take the witness stand? So uh, Ben Azay said there's three different kinds of oaths that, that, that exist. Uh, there is a following. Hikirbo voloba matzo. I knew that it was lost, but I, I just didn't know who owned it. Or I knew who owned it, but I didn't realize I had it. Or lobo, I didn't know I had it, and I didn't know it was lost. Um, so Lamar said, if lobo voloba matzo, if I didn't know either, kushta ishtaveya. So what is there to swear? And in other words, he's it's only swearing. So the Mor said, Ama Ba, I knew it, uh, or and I knew who to give it back to. So the Mor said, Then why didn't you? So Rab Omar Rachanina Lifter. Um the question is whether or not um these cases uh where he says he found that he'd be exempt, and Shmuel says, uh he he, he can't just say I found it, he's gonna be Chayef. And what's the argument? The following Tanya. What happens if there's only one witness, and you uh, normally uh, one witness is enough to get you to swear, but not enough to get you to pay. So if he's sworn by one by one witness and he lies, he doesn't bring the offering. The potter. Lozner Shimon says no. One witness, he would if he lied, he would have to pay. What's the argument? Mar If he hadn't sworn, he would have had to pay. So that's as if he's denying uh, something that he would have to pay. Umar No, no, it's not. Uh, we're getting into this question of a false oath and whether an oath uh, um, has to deal with money if there's only one witness that he stole it. What about if somebody gave somebody something to hold and he says, what thing? You know, I gave you my watch to hold. I gave you my sheep. And he says, I know you didn't. So, uh, and so he says, if you deny you were doing it, Nassau love Gazlin. Once you deny you have it, now you become a thief. And if something happens, you're responsible. And I'll bring you a proof. You're a denial. So you see that once you deny you have something, it beca- you become a thief. Uh, so Lamdena Onish, that's you see from here that you're not allowed to deny you have something that belongs to someone else, even though you didn't go and take it from. He gave it to you to hold, but by denying t- that you have to give it back, you become a thief. where does the Torah say you can't do that? don't be a denier. My love, Onish Mama, doesn't that mean uh, only if the uh, you would get out of paying. So Mar said, "Lo even if uh, even if you lied about it." 
But later on, it talks about an oath. That implied that earlier we weren't talking about swearing. That over there, where it says he swore false, that teaches you that he's not allowed to lie. How do you know the penalty? And if the next case is talking about he swore, the first case must be where he didn't swear. So Morris said, no, really, both cases were he swore. One case is he admit that he lied. But Kanchabo ate him. And the other case is, no, the witnesses come and say that he lied. Also, Adim Chayv Onsin. If the witnesses come, then he becomes liable. Uda Udi, if he just admitted it, Chayv Bekeren Bechomash Vashem. If he admits it, then we let him get an atonement. And if he gets an atonement, then he has to pay the fifth, and then he has to bring an offering. Um, so all of this, uh, let's just review a little bit. It's got a little confusing because the cases were complex. Um, when somebody um, owes, uh, has somebody's money and they take the witness stand and they lie about it, so then they have to give it back, they have to pay the fifth, and they have to bring a corbin. Our question is where somebody takes the witness stand and, and it's not in denial of money, it's, de- it's the denial of facts. Um, I don't have your item. Oh, I didn't realize I have it. <laughs> uh, well, I, I, uh, I didn't steal it. I, I found it. It was lost. I plan on returning it at some point. You know that. So the question is: In these kind of scenarios, are these scenarios denial of mammon, or because it's a different responsibility? If I'm just saying I found it, I wouldn't have had liability. But if I stole it, I did have liability. So it is the denial of mammon. And so really, that the the question was: Do these various cases uh, fit the minimum level of denial of mammon? Okay. Have a good day. Yeah, Dr. Yaffe. So even if they, so I would think that they probably had a standard text. But what if he went ahead and swore his words? In other words, he even if they they should have said it the other way, he said it his way. So well, I'm not going to swear to that. I swear to this. So why do they let him get away with that? They're peasants. Uh, but that's what he did swear in the end. He said those words. I swear I don't have the item. I don't, you know, swear you didn't steal it. And he swears I don't got it. I don't have it. it it's uh, I didn't steal, you know. Uh, um, so then the question is, the words that he did use, would that constitute a, a false oath? So I, you're saying there's a practical way around it by having the right nusach 
you would prevent the confusion or the, his ability to weasel out of it. Um, and so what I'm saying is that even if you have the official Nusach, at the end of the day, he gets up there and he swears whatever he wanted to swear to, and then we have the question. Dancing around the question of whether or not this 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 person who has claimed to, to be a, a thief, whether or not he has an ethical obligation.